and welcome everybody to episode 105 of the Regression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. Joining me today on this glorious Friday is my good friend and my co-host, Aiden Holler. Aiden, how you doing, man? Friday vibes are high. I, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Um, we actually had a decent Thursday night game for a change, which was nice. Um, as a Josh Allen owner, pretty excited for what he did. He's pretty early contender for QB1 on the week. I think he finished just shy of 30. Um, I leave every Bills game just like absolutely in a blender, though, of how they use James Cook. It's like every touch is just like so much burst, so much explosiveness. But then you get inside the 20 and it's like, all right, buddy, go go grab some pine. So it's like it's it it's such like a frustrating watch, but good game. Excited for the slate having every team in the NFL back. Um, so yeah, it should be a good one this weekend. Yeah, it'd be really cool if James Cook could just, you know, get like two to three touches per game inside the ten. Um he doesn't really look like someone who's losing yardage on most of his runs. Never. So. Never. He, he he's not a huge back, so I understand why Latavius Murray plays. Like I'm fine with Latavius Murray playing. That's not really the problem here. It's Set. just like we can't S- split him. We can't get him involved a little bit here in, in the red zone. It seems kind of uh, I, I, and it's not like Latavius Murray's doing anything. I think what he had three red zone totes in this game and did nothing, nothing. with it. So nothing. maybe we start to see a little bit more James Cook mixed in. That would be great. But until then, he's firmly just like I'd say a high end mid range RB two with upside each week, right? Yeah. I mean. He's got yeah, to get home through the air every week to like give you anything, and he even kind of did that this week, and still, uh, I think he finished with like eight points. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is with him. He's yeah. he's so much better, but they just they don't <clears> trust <throat> him there. So, whatever. They let Josh Allen run this week, and he uh, looked pretty damn good doing it. Um, that rushing touchdown was sweet. That he was had cool. huge runs throughout the game. He I, when he's running it, he's his ceiling is just. I, I think he just plays better too. Like. I think he, you know, I think he just likes running around. Like, I think that just, like, helps him get locked in. It's, like, it's just part of his game. Like, he doesn't want to just sit there, you know, on a leash in the pocket. You know, he's 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 an absolute wild card. And when he's running around, it just feels like it kind of unlocks everything. Because then, you know, defenders start, you know, moving up. You got to, like, you got to count for both. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. It was nice to see Gabe Davis have a big game. Dalton Kincaid <laughs> have a nice game. Khalil Shakir. Pretty much everyone in this Bills offense had a pretty nice game today. Even James Cook, who was a bit disappointing, got there with eight PPR fantasy points, yeah. so he didn't kill you. Even Diggs got um, his way to 10 and even kind of a quiet yeah. week. Like, he's, like, like it was fine. It wasn't... Like, he wasn't... did like 17 points or something. Really? He ended up getting a ton of receptions at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a little lower, but yeah, he did kind of pile on a bit towards the yeah, end Yeah, he, he, they started throwing it to him at the end of the game kind of to yeah, get first down 16. to the clock. Yeah, That's he was plenty. totally fine. Yeah, yeah you're fine Plenty there. fine for Stephon Diggs. He hits his, hits his projection. And then on the other side of the ball, Baker Mayfield continues to be just kind of average. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he, that's nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd say he's average at best. Yeah, uh, He's really aggressive, but he's always kind of late, and he doesn't really have the arm strength to make a lot of these throws. And we've seen over the past couple weeks, he's starting to show a little bit more willingness to check it down to Rashad White. Chad. And uh, Shad, my man, Shad White, he uh, he looks really good as a receiver, dude. Like, White looks really He looks so much better. It's also because, like, their line is hot garbage, as I know we've talked about a million times. So, yeah. like, getting him out in space is where I think he really excels. So, yeah, like, those little checkdowns are awesome. He turns it into five or ten yards 
it, what virtually seems like every single touch um, up through the air. He breaks a lot of tackles when he catches the ball. He breaks zero tackles as a running back. I don't know if it's just the run game, how it's set up, um, but he's just so misunderstood, man. He's, he's, <laughs> he's my guy Rashad White. He's just misunderstood, all right? People like to come for him. Um, outside of that, I think we've seen kind of the ascension of Chris Godwin in this offense. He definitely seems to have more rapport here with Baker Mayfield. He kind of has the role of a little bit more of what we thought it would be heading into the season. Um, he's like firmly kind of, I think, going to be in lockstep with Mike Evans moving forward, where we're going to bring Godwin up the ranks, maybe move Mike Evans a little bit down to have them in that weekly wide receiver two, wide receiver, high-end wide receiver two range. Yeah. He's just super consistent. Um, like I, I saw a tweet. I wish I remember what it was. It was like his last like fifty PPR finishes. Like he averages like fourteen points a game and like rarely goes under ten. And that's yeah. pretty like the last four weeks. He's got nineteen, thirteen, twelve, and seventeen. It's like it's just super steady Eddie, which is really nice to have in your lineup. Like you can you know put some more risky plays around him because you can almost guarantee Godwin's gonna get you five six catches for 50 yards and then you know last week stumbles into the end zone and you're like sweet dude 17.8 from godwin that's shocked out numbers of victory yeah and what's really nice about godwin too he's showing a little bit more burst after the catch this year yep so he's getting the volume that he had last year uh, maybe a little bit less because brady was just a nightmare last year but he's he's continuing to see good volume but now he's turning in more efficient outings because he's he has that pre-ACL burst that he kind of was lacking last season. Yeah. So it's good to see him looking healthy. Yeah. yeah, I agree. On today's episode, we have our Week 8 QB tight end and defense rankings. No buys this week, just elite vibes. This is the first ever time that we are ranking quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses. I'm a brave man for ranking defenses, Aiden. I, I can't believe I, I went through that exercise today. but That was nice. I came... I came out on the other end feeling pretty good. I feel pretty good about this week, and I'm ready to talk about it. How are you feeling? You, re- you ready to go? You ready to talk week eight tight ends, QBs, and defenses, man? I'm fired up, man. They all deserve love too, man. Onesie positions, you know, they're not as sexy, but they're still helping you win games, helping you win championships. So it would be malpractice if we didn't at least uh, help you out a little bit here. And we don't do malpractice on the we Regression of the Meat nope, podcast. But bef- before we dive in, Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Fantasy drafts might be over, but you can still put your knowledge to the test and win cash prizes on Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy now has an exclusive offer for new customers. Not only will they double your deposit up to 100 bucks, they're offering a mystery pick'em special when you sign up using promo code RTM. Just a quick heads up, we are recording this episode Friday morning. We have a good idea on injuries, so we should be fine, Aiden keeping our fingers crossed, oh. but you never know. You never know. Someone could pop up, like uh, Tyree Kill popping up on Wednesday and then practicing on Thursday. So, you know, I'm, I'm feeling much better emotionally and spiritually uh, after that pump fake, which uh, <laughs> left my ankles destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> um, our format here is simple. I have ranked the top 16 quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses for the week. I'm going to go through each position tier by tier and share my rankings. Aiden is going to give me his thoughts on each tier, sharing some of the guys that he is starting and sitting at each position. The guys that I will highlight are the guys that I have the biggest discrepancy on versus Fantasy Pro's expert consensus rankings. 
if you have any specific questions, start sit questions, you know, where did I buy this cardigan? Where did Aiden buy that hat? Things like that, you know, stuff that's super pressing. Feel free to drop all of that in the comments. You can also find the link to my rankings in the description of the video below. But before we dive into the rankings, we want to thank you. Seriously, thank you for supporting the Regression to the Mean podcast. Thank you for being as psycho about fantasy football as me, Keegan, and Aiden are. And we appreciate you for listening and being a part of the Mean team. If you haven't had the chance, We'd appreciate it if you could go ahead, hit the subscribe button, like this video, and drop any of your questions in the comments below. Aiden, we are marching towards our goal of a 1,000 subscribers before the end of the season, and we need you to tag along. We need you. It's just there's only one way that we can get to a 1,000. It's if you hit that subscribe button, and guess what? It's completely free. So you know what to do, right, Aiden? The people you know, the know what to do, right? You know the deal. Yeah, it's only going to get better you know from here. All right. You want to do this? You want to start with quarterbacks? Let's do it, man. QBs. Let's do this. Okay, so I'm pulling up the rankings list here, starting over here at quarterback. So I think the top four are pretty locked and loaded rest of season, in my opinion. At QB1, Jalen Hurts. QB2, Lamar Jackson. QB3, Josh Allen. QB4, Patrick Mahomes. I think week in and week out, you're just going to see that tier kind of change week in and week out. I'd say the biggest guy that I have in terms of discrepancy versus expert consensus rankings is Lamar Jackson this week in this tier. I have him up two spots from QB4 to QB2. So Arizona surrendered the seventh most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks over the past month. Lamar is second in the league in fantasy points per dropback this season, only behind our sweet prince Anthony Richardson. Get well. We miss you, A-Rich. We miss it's, you. It's hard, it's hard to find a QB with a higher week-to-week ceiling than Lamar. So... That's my big riser in this tier, and I guess my faller because of it is Patrick Mahomes. This is nothing against Mahomes. He's coming off the best week of the year. Uh, just, you know, the fear is that the Chiefs go run heavy. They play at a slower pace, and I don't know. Just it might lead to a 20-point day versus a 30-point day, right? So it's nice to see uh, Rasheed Rice as a bona fide number two emerge. It makes it a lot easier to see Mahomes hit his weekly ceiling. So I'll pause there. Any, any thoughts on the first tier, or you just want to jump to the second tier? Yeah, I was just going to say I love Mahomes. I think he's starting to heat up and has an awesome matchup. The, the Denver defense is the third-worst passing um, passing defense in the league. So, yeah, to your point, he only had about 18 points in their first matchup just a couple weeks ago. I'd be shocked if we're not at least in the mid-20s pushing for QB1 this week. So, no, it feels like feels like Patrick Mahomes is kind of like Derrick Henry in the sense like he kind of gets better as the year goes on a lot of times is what we've seen in fantasy football. And last week may have kind of woke the beast in terms of kind of getting those nuclear um, weeks, week over week. So, no, I'm I'm pretty high on Mahomes this week. Love it. Our Scott Fishbowl team would love Mahomes to go. Uh, to would go be nuke huge. Nuke. <laughs> to go Oppenheimer. Okay, the next tier we have here is uh, QB's 5 to... I'd say seven. Um, I have Justin Herbert as QB5. Jared Goff is QB6. And Tua is QB7. Nothing really crazy here. I've just flipped Goff and Tua. Um, the Lions are playing at home. They've got a 27-point implied team total. Goff's just a different animal at, at home versus the road. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He's just, it's just a different animal. So, And then, you know, Tua... Tua scored 12 points on the road against New England in week two. Um, he struggled to really go crazy in fantasy against Bill Belichick in his two matchups that he's had with Mike McDaniel as his head coach. However, Miami has a 28-point implied total, um, and they're playing at home. He's QB5 on the season. It's not like I'm getting disrespectful to Tua. I just, I don't, I don't we'll see. Let's let's have, let's see Tua have a big week. Um, but yeah, any discrepancy on those three guys? Anything you want to call out there? 
Yeah, I'd say with Tua, just keep an eye on the the injury report with his guys. Um, it's yeah. kind of pointing towards the direction that everyone's going to play. But obviously, if you're without Tyreek and or Waddle, um, you know, it makes it a bit tougher with his receiving core. So if that was the case, maybe they lean towards a more heavy run approach. Um, I don't know. But no, I, I, I like the order that these are in. Goff, as you mentioned, too, is like, I don't know what gets into him at Ford Field, but like the dude just turns into an absolute maniac. It's just like 300 yards guaranteed. He just goes nuclear every single time. Next tier I have here is QBs 8 through 12. So I've got CJ Stroud here at QB 8. I've got Kirk Cousins at QB 9, Trevor Lawrence at QB 10, Dak Prescott is QB 11, and Joe Burrow at QB 12. So I've got two big movers in this range. I've got Kirk Cousins three spots ahead of expert consensus rankings, and I have Dak Prescott five spots ahead of expert consensus rankings. So my thoughts here on Kirk. This is purely as a 49er fan who watched him um, have an out-of-body experience at home in primetime against a very good defense. I, I, I don't care that Green Bay's given up the seventh fewest fantasy points to QBs over the last month. I don't care that Green Bay's defense is a run funnel. Uh, after what Kirk did last week against the Niners, he's just going to be a top 10 play for the next couple weeks for me. It's just auto. <laughs> I know that uh, you probably want more hard-hitting facts, listeners and me and team members, but that's just the truth here. It also helps that the Packers probably won't have Jair Alexander and the fact that the Vikings O-line is legit mauling people uh, right now. So I've got Cousins as a big riser and then Pre- Prescott, five sp- spot up the ranks. This has more to do with coming out of the bye and the fact that the Rams have given up the fifth most points to opposing quarterbacks over the past month. I just feel like the Cowboys are going to have to turn it up a notch on offense, and I feel like this bye week came at the perfect time for them. And um, Dak had a nice rushing performance against the Chargers coming out before they before they took the week off. So Cowboys have a 26-point implied team total. I just think this is a good spot for Dak, so I'll pause there. Any thoughts on Kirk or Dak before you share your thoughts on this tier? Yeah, I want to just touch on all three guys that are coming off by. Um, starting with CJ, I'd, I'd personally move him down a bit. Um, okay. Weeks two through four, we saw really bright performances. He cleared 20 all three of those weeks, followed up by two um, not bad performances by any means, but was right around 14 to 15 points. Maybe people have a bit more tape on him. You know, um, offensive line is obviously banged up. Tank Dell was banged up too. So I, I would personally move him down a bit, like, I'd rather have both Burrow and Prescott coming off a bye. I think those are mm. more established guys, and I like those matchups. Um, Carolina, as we know, actually, had, they've been decent um, against the pass this year, too. So I think that could be a tougher matchup for him. I don't know. I think like that one's just more of a question mark to me, whereas Burrow and Prescott coming off of a bye, um, you know, it's like more established guys. They've been doing this for a while. I'd personally probably rather have those two guys. But th- like this is a fun tier, um, you know, I like all these guys, but it's really hard to rank, you know, which one I'd rather have. But yeah, I, I ranked CJ a little bit more aggressively. Yep. I just think there's a couple of things here. One, coming out of the bye week is huge. Two, they have Tank Dell back. So yep. they're going to have the full complement of pass catchers. Looks like Laramie Tunsil is going to play, um, and their O line's healthier. Two things going, ag- and then going against Stroud. Uh, Carolina's been decent against quarterbacks. Carolina's been terrible against running backs, right? So it's kind of like they have a run funnel set up and running backs feast. The thing that I have to 
move Stroud up my rankings for. It has nothing to do with stats. It has everything to do with the fact that he's got that dog in him, and he's he's facing the team that passed him at one. That's also true. You can't sleep on that. Yep. I know that sounds dumb, but... It's it's real. It's, and I took this personally meme. It's know? like Lamar like, uh, roasting the Lions and every other team yeah. that publicly you know pass on him. It's like these players are very very much human. As much as we just yeah. think of them as our little our little you know players in our fun game, like yeah, these are real ass players. And yeah, 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 to his point, you know, um, that that's a great shout there. Yeah, so it's it's something to keep in mind. So I have a decision to make between Stroud and Joe Burrow. It's a lot easier when you're in a spreadsheet ranking it versus like when you're in the sleeper app and one's got two more projected points than the other, right? So. Uh, maybe I'll adjust these rankings a little bit as we go. But the final tier that I have here at quarterback, uh, it's whew, it's rough, but there's some options. Uh, I've got Jordan Love is QB 13, Sam Howell is QB 14, Desmond Ritter is QB 15, and Russell Wilson is QB 16. So two guys that I have in this range that are much higher than expert consensus ranking has are Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter. I have them each three spots above. So Hal is the QB7 on a point-per-game basis over the past month. He looked great against the Eagles a few weeks ago, but this, I don't know, his inability to get the ball out of like his hand and get sacked makes him such a risky start. But I don't know, dude. He's been pretty, he's been pretty nice. Um, and then Desmond Ritter. So Ritter is actually the QB9 on a point-per-game basis over the past four weeks. His rushing production creates a safe floor. You know, if he didn't have like eight turnovers over the past two games, he'd probably be like QB five. Um, I don't know the, the low point total in this game. Like it's they're both implied like 16, 17 points. It's like one of the more shockingly low over unders. I think it's like a thirty-five point total. So I don't know if I want to start the quarterback going in that matchup. To be honest, um, it doesn't look like it'll be a friendly fantasy matchup. So that's it for the final tier here. Yeah. Any thoughts before we jump to tight ends? Yeah, I've got two. If there's anyone I I, I would definitely like to have here, it's Sam Howell. Um, yeah, that Philly pass defense we've seen all year is is pretty susceptible. Um, he can take sacks. I don't think that really affects his his um, point total. Yeah, as long as he doesn't fumble. Yeah, right? like as long as you're not getting strip sacked, I'm fine with that, man. He, I think he took five sacks the last time against them. S- still got to 19 points, so that's fine. Jordan Love, I'm good off of. I would probably rather. I, I think the only person I maybe wouldn't put him behind would be Russell Wilson because he's awful too. Jordan Love is averaging like 14 points over his last three games. I think NFL teams have kind of figured out what he's good and what he's not good at and just hasn't been very sharp. So That O-line, dude, their O-line's been brutal since Bakhtiari got hurt. Yeah. Have you seen the splits since their O-line got injured? It's yeah. like Love was like lighting it up, and then since Bakhtiari's been out, it's been I'm just been rough. I'm I'm fully good off of Jordan Love. Um, the skill position players aren't playing very well. The line's not playing very well. Defense isn't as good as it's been. Um, yeah. I don't know. If you're starting Jordan Love over like a guy like Sam Howell, that's a bad mistake. Yeah, I think the only saving grace for Jordan Love right now is the fact that he's rushed for over 20-plus yards or more in, out of four out of six games. Yeah, so that's he, fair. He's got some production on his with his legs, yeah. and he throws touchdowns. Um, yeah. I don't know. That offense is slow. Oh, it moves way too slow. But those are the rankings for quarterbacks here. Just the top 16 this week, so I'm sorry for the super flex crowd. Maybe it, uh, you know, in a couple weeks, three weeks, we'll have more, but... Shoot me any questions if you got any questions on – shoot me any comments if you have questions on any quarterbacks that aren't ranked here. Um, we're always here to help. And then T-bag. again, these rankings, 
correct. These <laughs> rankings are in the show <laughs> notes. Moving on to tight ends here, Aiden. So this is it's a pretty gru- good group of tight ends. I'm, I'm not going to lie. We have no tight ends on a bye this week. I was going through all this. And I say that every time I say this, tight ends then have historically like the worst um, games ever. But just looking through this this tier of tight ends here, um, tier one is Travis Kelsey. He lives in a tier of his own, in in my opinion. Travis Kelsey is sure. averaging twenty fantasy points per game this year at the age of thirty four. Uh, he's tight end Jerry Rice, dude. I don't. It's remarkable what this guy's doing, and he's it's dating ridiculous. the most famous woman in America. So good for you. Uh, Travis Kelsey, um, you got to tip your cap to that. In their own separate tiers here, and this is where I debated a bit, and I went back and forth, but I've got three guys in this tier. I've got Mark Andrews, I've got TJ Hawkinson, and I've got Darren Waller as my tight end four. The only guy here that's really kind of breaking any news or you know going against the mold is Darren Waller. I've got him four spots ahead of expert consensus rankings. So Waller is Waller has the third most receiving yards of any tight end this year, and he has the third highest target rate. He's second in first read target share, and he faces off against a Jets secondary that has given up the seventh most points to tight ends over the past month and the second most fantasy points to tight ends this season. He looks like a different guy with Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> That's uh, what I was going to say once you got to me. <laughs> and um, I will say this. The Giants have installed, I think his name's Glauanet. They, they, basically, this guy came off that was supposed to be a starter on their line, got benched, and now he's starting again. Glauanowski. Oh, dude, this is brutal. I'm, I'm going to get flamed in the comments here. Um, this guy who's got a crazy long name is now anchored their offensive line. Um and I'm, I'm going to pull this up here. Uh, Mark Glowinski, Giants. Let's see. His name is Mark Glowinski. Glowinski. I don't know. Number 64 for the Giants. He's came in and he's really stabilized this offensive line. I shared this here in our group chat a little bit earlier on, um, Aiden. Yep. It was like Tyrod has 2.4 seconds to throw, where Daniel Jones had like 2.2, and it yep. went from like 32nd to 20th. Yeah. So... They've gone from being by far and away the worst O-line in football to being bad, which is a huge upgrade That's in the better. O-line world. That's progress. Yeah. And now Darren Waller doesn't have to um, block. So Waller's crushed it over the past three weeks. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this tier, Kelsey tier, these top four, anyone that you'd move in and out? No, I like the tier. I, I, I was going to shout Waller, too, over his last three games. It's like finally kind of came to life. 11 targets, seven targets, eight targets, you know, 10 plus, and all he had 9.3 in one of them. But like, it feels like we're getting closer to kind of what we all had anticipated for him. I hope it keeps up once Daniel Jones likely returning next week. Um, it'd be such a bummer if we made all this progress with Toronto and he just zaps it. But yeah, like the top three are pretty unmovable. Um, you can't really make an argument to, you know, put anyone ahead of those three. It, it's very challenging. Yeah, Waller's the tight end five on the season. So a lot of people were victory lapping. Waller's slow start. He's kind of been exactly as advertised, been great. which has been has been pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the next tier I have here, I have George Kittle, Sam Laporta, Dallas Goddard, and Evan Ingram. So George Kittle tight end five, Laporta tight end six, Dallas Goddard tight end seven, Evan Ingram tight end eight. So George Kittle, I know like he seems risky, high risk, high reward. Well, when Debo doesn't play or Ayuk doesn't play, 
Kittle's an easy top five start. So last week versus the Vikings, he saw a top five target rate, team yard share, and first read target rate as a tight end. Um, Sam Laporta here. I've got him down two spots against expert consensus rankings. Uh, And the only reason I'm doing that is because Laporta's been highly efficient with his touches, and he's been dominant for stretches this year. But he's, he's really only like top 10, top 12 in target rate, target share. Like, he doesn't get a ton of volume. He's just been super efficient. So he's going off against a, a Raven, Raiders defense that has surrendered, I think, like seven fantasy points per game to tight ends over the past month. Like, Cole Komet had zero points against uh, the Ra- uh, Raiders last week. So that's really my big faller. And I guess I have Evan Ingram down two spots. And my only comment here is, is Evan Ingram has finished top 12 in five out of six games this season. He's finished top seven in four out of six in terms of tight end finishes and PPR, he's super consistent. But if George Kittle's the primary target and Darren Waller is moving up the ranks, it just means Evan Ingram has got to move down, in my opinion. So Evan Ingram and Sam Laporta are my two fallers that I have, and that's what happens when you move Darren Waller up four spots, right? So any thoughts on this tier of Kittle, Laporta, Goddard, and Ingram? Yeah, I want to touch on two guys real fast. Um, I want to touch on Dallas Goddard first, who, kind of similar to Waller, has really turned it on. Um, Over the first four games of the season, he had about five and a half points per game and zero touchdowns. Over his last three, he's up to 17.8 points per game and two touchdowns. It feels like as Jalen Hurts has gotten more uh, comfortable in this offense and kind of, you know, settled in, so has Dallas Goddard, which is pretty exciting. Um, he didn't do much in the first matchup against Washington. He caught two of his four targets for just 25 yards, so that was kind of a stinker during his first couple weeks, but I'm expecting a big game from Dallas. I I wouldn't be shocked if he's in double digits again. Evan Ingram is one that I have trouble with this week. Um, I don't know what the return of Zay Jones means for this offense. Um, as you mentioned, like Evan Ingram has had a pretty awesome role. He's seen either seven or eight targets every week since week two. So like it's been super steady, super consistent. Does Zay Jones potentially knock him to the number four pass catcher in that offense? I don't know. I I don't really know what Zay Jones means for this offense. It could mean Kirk gets less, maybe really gets less. I don't know, but you know, I know they're gonna get Zay Jones involved again. Um, and I'm not sure who's gonna take a hit. So like yeah. the question mark out of anyone I'm putting next to Evan Ingram. Um, I like this tier as a whole, but I don't know. I could see Evan Ingram, you know, dipping to closer to four to five targets as Zay Jones kind of carves out a slice from everyone. Yeah. So so we'll see. Um, but yeah, this is another good tier. It's once you kind of get beyond here um, is when you're like, okay, I guess here goes nothing at the tight end position. Yeah, the, the next tier that I have is at tight end 9, Dalton Kincaid, tight end 10, Jake Ferguson, tight end 11, Dalton Schultz. So Kincaid already played. We're recording this Friday, but I just want to shout him out. I think he could easily jump into this tier above him weekly uh, if his role continues to expand like it has. This was Aiden's big call on the waiver wire episode. Shout out, Aiden. You're eating a gourmet ice cream. Milk Yummy. was a fantastic choice. It's me, Ronnie. It's me, Ronnie. Um, great, <laughs> great, great choice there. But I think he's a locked and loaded tight end one in a high-powered offense. Um, I've got Jake Ferguson here at tight end 10, two spots ahead of expert consensus rankings. Uh, the Rams have given up the second most points per game to tight ends over the past month. Dak loves Ferguson, and his usage remains fantastic. So I think you get him in your lineup. A little down on Dalton Schultz this week. Just, he's been awesome, but, you know, we've got Tank Dell back in the equation. Curious to know how that works. So that's my tier here of just Kincaid, I mean, of Kincaid, Jake Ferguson, Dalton Schultz. Any 
any arguments there? Don't you see how Kincaid could just jump in the other one and then like Ferguson and Schultz are kind of their own like yeah. tier? I think it's just like <clears throat> like volume. Like he what he caught he had eight targets last week, caught all of them, had seven targets last night and caught five or six of them. Um found yeah. Pater for the first time. Yeah, it just feels like it's really about like volume, I feel like, as you kind of go down from tier one, two, three. It's like, you know, Dalton Schultz and Jake Ferguson probably need a touchdown to hit home, whereas, yeah. you know, guys like Evan Ingram and Dalton Kincaid, which is kind of why you mentioned, could probably be in the same tier. Like, they're probably getting closer to, you know, five, six, seven, eight targets. So yeah. it's like... Design you know, looks, too. Like, yeah, first three so. targets. Like, the offense, like, the, the ball goes to them on purpose. And I think Ferguson yeah. and Schultz are just like... Tight ends tied to good quarterbacks. It'll probably throw them the ball in the end zone. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like it's, that's that's kind of how I approach it with the two of them. Yeah. So no, I like that a lot. I think Kincaid could easily be in that um, that next tier uh, going forward. In a tier of his own, tight end twelve. <laughs> yeah. There's there's no one like him. <laughs> in a tier of his own is Kyle Pitts. Um, he would be easily be a top five play if he wasn't splitting rep, uh, reps with Johnny Smith. If you combine Smith and Pitts' production, they're by far and away the tight end one this year. Um, it's not even close. Insane. Uh, this came to my attention. I was listening to the Establish the Run podcast with Evan Silva um, and Adam Levitan, and they were saying that Kyle Pitts ran most of his routes last week outside versus quarterbacks. So they had Johnny play in line and in the slot. <laughs> And they put Kyle Pitts out there against cornerbacks. And it's really cool that you have a tight end that can do that. But that doesn't seem like the best use of his talents, right? Wouldn't you just want to have Kyle Pitts match up against safeties? And linebackers? And, and linebackers? Yeah. That is some galaxy brain shit from uh, from, from Arthur Smith. I, I, again, like Tennessee's been super stingy to tight ends this year, but... If Pitts is basically playing wide receiver, they've actually been kind of bad against wide receivers. So it's just really hard to rank this guy. I don't he's super talented. He looks great. Like he had three catches for fifty yards last week. He looks really good right now. I just I don't understand how to I don't know, man. I don't think we're gonna ever figure out Kyle until he doesn't have never, Smith. Never. Never and I mean just, I could not hard. be happier that I have zero ownership of him. Cause every week I watch him, I'm just like, it what like it's not supposed to be like this. Like this could have been so special. Like we are, we are just witnessing like, just like one of the most misused people I can remember in recent memory in the last, you know, decade, half decade. It's just, it's absolutely puzzling. So yeah, Kyle Pitts is definitely a tier of his own. The 49ers took Vernon Davis in like the 05 draft. They took him, I think like fifth or sixth overall, one of the highest tight end picks ever. It took him four or five years before he dominated, and then when he got up, he dominated. He didn't have a Hall of Fame career because his peak was only like three or four years, but I, that kind of seems the route it's going to go for Pitts, in my opinion, which is yeah, sad. To, I wish we yeah, could. You need to fire Arthur Smith, and then someone will be like, oh. Just, make, like, just why don't play I just him use a tight end. Yeah. Just play him like Jimmy Graham. I don't, I don't, get, I don't <laughs> get it. I don't get it, dude. Um, the final tier that I have here is tight end 13, 14, and 15, and 16. The 16th one should probably be in a tier of his own. Maybe we put him and Kyle in their own tier because they're so unique. Uh, but tight end 13 is Gerald Everett. Tight end 14, I have Cole Komet. Tight end 15, Michael Merritt. All these guys are big risers for me. All three to four spots ahead of expert consensus rankings. I'd actually have Gerald Everett in the same tier as Jake Ferguson and Dalton Schultz. He's injured this week, though. Yeah. I don't. It was a quad that then got classified as a hip. He just got into limited practice, but... He scored double-digit fantasy points in back-to-back big games. He's become the clear number three target in this offense, and now Josh Palmer's not practicing. So, 
I don't know. The Bears have given up 12 fantasy points per game to tight ends over the past month. He's a fringe tight end one play if he's healthy. Um, and then this didn't. This isn't pandering to to our guy Aiden here, but I've got Cole Komet up relatively high. So the Chargers defense have given up the ninth most points per game to tight ends over the past month. Komet did not register a single target last week. <laughs> he's got a rebound, right? And then I didn't list uh, off maybe. tight end 16. Again, because I had tight end 15, Michael Mayer, and the tight end 16 is Taysom Hill. So Taysom, three spots ahead of expert consensus rankings. Indy has surrendered the eighth most points to tight ends and has gotten gashed on the ground this year. I think they've given up the most points to running backs over the past four weeks. You know, Taysom's seen five-plus targets in back-to-back games along with his red zone package. He's a great streamer this week. He's bro. so annoying. He's so He's annoying. He's a great streamer this week. Uh, but that's the that's the final tier. Any thoughts on these guys? Yeah, not much. The Cole Komet one, I wouldn't expect a huge rebound personally. I just think like Bajan's going to continue to be like a first read, second read guy. And Cole Komet outside of like the red zone and inside the 10 likely isn't going to be your first or second read on plays that gets he's dialing up. But who knows? Um, super talented guy. And the Chargers defense is, um, to put it nicely, beatable. just not very good. Yeah, beatables is a good way to beatable. put it. So, beatable. yeah, this is yeah this is a tier with a ton of upside. Um, then you got Tays- Taysom's almost his own tier, too, because he's just – he throws it, he runs it, and he, like, he's checking, like, all the different boxes on your sleeper app. And it's just like, look, look at him go. Like, if you're hurting for tight end and the guy you're playing is projected to beat you by 10-plus points or more – Come on, like Taysom is a perfect lottery for sure. Yeah, like you, you know. But if you're projected to win, and you have like David and Joku, probably just roll David and Joku out there. Yeah. Um. But I, I like Taysom's ceiling more than a lot of those other guys. And Easily. the tight end, it's it's a good place to chase ceiling. Yeah. Really, really quickly before we get out of here, um, for defenses, this is the first time I've ever talked about defenses like this on this uh, on this show, um. I have in the tier of their own here, I've got Kansas City Chiefs at one, I've got the Eagles at two, and I've got the Jets Jets at three and the Ravens at four. Um, The Kansas City Chiefs are the big mover here. I've got them four spots ahead of expert consensus rankings. The Broncos have a 20-point implied team total. I'm not buying it. Casey's defense has been one of the best units in football. The Broncos scored a whopping eight points in week six against the Chiefs, and Russ was sacked four times. Um, it, again, the Eagles are going to be popular as the number one defense this week. I have a guy who just got the Chiefs ahead of him. So I could stop there. And the Ravens are a great matchup, too. Do you have any thoughts on these top four defenses? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm back and forth with the Philly defense again. Like, this comes down to like, they're, they're going to give up points this week. But because of Sam, Thanks. how like. They only had five points in in fantasy against them last time, and again, like they they sacked Sam Howell five times. So like, I just see a similar performance where they're probably going to give up 21, 24 points. Um, you know, you know, probably going to have a half dozen sacks. You probably need like a touchdown or a handful of turnovers to finish his defense too for me. But like, yeah, like the opportunity is 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 pretty awesome. So I don't know. I yeah. I I'd move down a little, but at that point, that's just like that's just being nitpicky. Next tier of defenses I have at defense number five, I've got the Cowboys, defense number six, the Seahawks, defense number seven, the Lions, defense number eight, the Browns, defense number nine, the Falcons. I have two very big movers here in this tier. I've got the Seahawks six spots ahead of expert consensus rankings, and I have the Falcons five spots ahead. So the Browns, the Seahawks are facing the Browns. Uh, The Browns have a 17-point implied team total. 
P.J. Walker has thrown three interceptions, zero touchdowns, and has completed 50% of his passes <laughs> since taking over for Deshaun Watson. Over the past three games, the Seahawks have surrendered eight points per game to opposing offenses. That's uh, that's a pretty good spot to be in. I, I don't know. I, how are they at 12? That makes no sense. Like I, I, it feels divorced from reality. They're one of the top defenses right now in fantasy going. Yeah. And then the Falcons here, five spots ahead of an expert consensus ranking. So the Titans have a 16.5 point implied team total. 16 points. Um, so Will close. Levis is starting for this team. Hashtag Mayo Boy. And the Falcons defense has been super stingy like all season long. This is a low-scoring environment. Rookie QBs make mistakes. You know, the Falcons don't get a ton of sacks. They don't turn the ball over a ton, but they do just enough to make them a great streamer this week. So those are kind of my two favorite streamers in play here. I think the Seahawks defense after this week might just be like a, a permanent starter. But what are, what are your thoughts here at the two in this tier? Yeah, I think the Seahawks shout to start with is um, really strong. Yeah, they're number five on the year playing against a you know pj walker that is um rather shaky got jerome ford banged up too um i think they're an easy dart throw for defense number one on the week they've already had two defensive touchdowns and a handful of turnovers like again to your point i think this defense is a lot better than it showed in like that first week or two where they got absolutely yeah. toasted so pretty good and then yeah obviously like i'm just gonna go with the other rookie qb matchup um yeah, the Falcons going against Will Levis and probably some combination of Malik Willis too. I I would assume we're going to see both quarterbacks this Sunday, um, which again, that's pretty favorable. Neither one is uh, anything to really be all that scared of. So no, I think those are two really good shouts there. The third tier, I've got the Bills at 10, the Niners at 11, the, the Saints at 12, the Chargers at 13, the Dolphins at 14, and the Giants at 15. Um I've got the Niners, Saints, and Chargers all down two spots versus expert consensus rankings. I think they're all in good spots, though. Like, I would not be shocked if the Niners, Saints, or Chargers all had really nice weeks. Um, the the Bengals have a 20-point implied total against the Niners. The 49ers are second in the league in takeaways, but they're bottom five in sacks. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Niners fan, as you know if you follow this podcast. There's a lot of talk about this defensive line, you know, having a huge comeback game after kind of getting embarrassed by Kirk Cousins on primetime. I don't know. Is I maybe I'm just the homerism in my head is just thinking about Nick Bosa and Fred Warner against, you know, Joe Burrow, but Burrow's healthy. I I don't know. It's just a tough spot. You're going to start him, right, if you have the Niners defense. Um yeah. And then the Colts offense against the Saints. They have a 21-point implied total, team total, which makes sense. The Colts are the only team in the league that scored 20-plus points in every game this year. But over his past two games, Gardner Minshew has thrown four interceptions, and he's taken seven sacks. So it's a pretty good spot for the Saints. What do you think on this uh, this final tier? Yeah, I think these all kind of – I think these all fit in nicely in terms of, like, I probably wouldn't move any of these around. I think – the Saints defense has been a little less productive in terms of fantasy than I think um, we were all kind of predicting. Like their schedule, you know, like when we looked at it week one, looked like it was going to, you know, be an absolute cakewalk for them. And, you know, their defense 12, they've still been fine. They've given some good fantasy output. But, yeah, they haven't quite lived up to um, how I personally expected them to be for fantasy. I, I thought this was like a set and forget for the first eight or nine weeks of when I was looking at their QB matchups. So, 
Now this is like this is a good tier. You're like you're starting most of those pretty confidently. One to keep an eye on is the Giants. So the Giants defense has played a lot better lately, and the Jets have a twenty point implied team total. That that's probably a defense that's on the waiver wire right now, right? Yeah. Like if you were if you're looking at a defense that you really don't want to start and don't feel good about, I mean, the Giants are probably staring you on the wire. They're they're a really decent like decent dart throw this week. I know Zach Wilson's played better, but I mean, I don't know. He's still Zach Wilson, so. Yeah, that's an interesting one. At that point, yeah, we're at defense 15. It's like you're just hoping. Yeah. But, you know, Zach Wilson isn't, you know, the strongest QB. So it's, you know, it's it's a fair dart, though. But that's the whole week, dude. That is the uh, whole week. We have ranked pretty much every position. Well, we ranked every position outside of kicker. And um, we've uh, we've talked through a lot of people. I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. Do you think the Bears are going to win on Sunday night? Uh, we'll see. I... I hope so. Um, I don't know. I feel like the line is, is is far too high. If I was if I was a gambling man, I would take the points. Um, the Chargers really haven't been all that good. Our defense is playing a lot better, and Bajan looked pretty competent in that offense. So you know, not, what is it, nine ten points on the road? Um, yeah, I would probably take those points. We'll see. I think it's going to be a lot closer than the line suggests. However, I did some knowledge has come to my attention that the Bears have been good at stopping the run to running backs, but they've actually given up a ton of receptions to running backs. It's come to my attention. Also, it's come to my attention. Josh Palmer's banged up. Gerald Everett's banged up. This might be the week, folks. Austin Eckler might be back. We might actually see or maybe a, a it's good QJ. Austin Eckler week. Maybe it's QJ. This is the Austin Eckler week, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I love how everything is. The seas are just parting for QJ. Like everything it's is like, parting. Please for him. just hit home, man. Nothing. Show Nothing. up. Nothing. All right, Aiden. You have a great weekend. Thank you as always for sharing your thoughts. As uh, as you know, we're going to be dropping our Sunday recap episode. We're actually going to be doing an awards ceremony for the halfway point of the year. We are now halfway through the year. Um, if there are relevant things that happen on Sunday, of course they will be spoken about, but that's right. We are, uh, giving out fantasy jail and milk was a bad choice awards for the whole, uh, for the entire half of the season. So we're, we're juiced and we got more coming your way as well. Thank you everybody for tuning in until next time.